Hey everyone, and welcome back, finally, to MG on the Mic. I know, it's been a while. I, it's been crazy. I moved back to school, started classes, so I honestly just getting settled back into class, or settled back into school, has been wild. But I am finally back with another episode, and because it's been over a month, or about a month since I've recorded an episode, I, this episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than normal, um, and I'm going to talk about some of the NWSL games that have been, that, that have happened. I'm also going to touch on what the table looks like right now, and then I'm going to predict the awards like Golden Boot, MVP, Goalkeeper of the Year, Defender of the Year, Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm also going to touch on trade and signing news and then just some other league-wide news. The WSL, which is the league in England, is starting this weekend, so I'm going to kind of explain that. Um, and then touch on the W, the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs, and then I have to talk about the GOAT, Serena Williams, so I'll touch on her at the end. I hope y'all enjoy and stick around. The first game that I'm going to talk about is the North Carolina Courage versus the Portland Thorns, and Portland honestly looked like they were gonna run away with the shield. They were three points ahead of the per, the team in the number two slot. It really looked like Portland was gonna win the shield again, but they did hit a rough patch and they lost this game. North Carolina won this game three to one. Their goals came from Deanna, Diana Ordonez in the 24th minute, and she is becoming quite the goal-scoring machine. Fans at North Carolina have started to call her her Scordonez. I think that's kind of funny. And she's just a rookie and has set the record for the most goals by a rookie. And right now she is currently sitting at 11 second in the Golden Boot Race. Dabinia scored in the 50th minute, and then Meredith Speck scored in the 83rd minute. The lone Portland Thorns goal came from Rocky Rodriguez in the 63rd minute. The next game was the Orlando Pride versus O.L. Reign, and O.L. Reign won 2-1. And this was a come-from-behind come victory for O.L. Reign. They, Orlando scored first with a goal in the 37th minute from Maggie Daldry Howard. And then the two O.L. Reign goals came from Bethany Bosser from a diving header in the 56th minute. And Megan Rapino had an insane bit of play and an assist before she put in the cross for the goal. And then Megan Rapino scored in the 90 plus second minute of stoppage time. 
and it was a crazy volley off of an assist from Sofia Huerta. And Sofia Huerta has four assists on the season and is one away from tying the NWSL record, regular season record for assist that is currently held by Jessica McDonald. Megan Arpino has been playing out of her mind lately. I think it's she's probably player of the month, either her or Diana Ordonez. She has, I'm pretty sure she scored in most every one of her last games that she's played for the OL Reign, and she's just been on fire for them lately. The other news in this game was Tobin Heath did not play because neither did Quinn, and Quinn had a lingering concussion issues, and then Tobin Heath had a leg injury, so neither one of them played this game. And Quinn plays in the midfield, and then Tobin Heath plays in Isafort, so I feel like their positions might be common knowledge, but who knows. And then the next game was Racing Louisville versus Chicago Red Stars. Chicago Red Stars won 4-0. to They had been in kind of a slump. They had lost three of their last five games. And this game seemed like it was Chicago just getting back into the groove of things because at one point they were sitting second in the table And so to see them drop to almost out of playoff contention was hard to watch. But hopefully they've gotten back into their groove of things. The goals came from Mal Pugh in the 3rd and 73rd minute. And then Yuki Nagasato in the 18th and 23rd minute. Mal Pugh assisted both of Nagasato's goals. And she absolutely... Is went was insane this game. I feel like she's a candidate for MVP for the league. That team seems to be my LP's team, which it is. But offense runs through her. Racing Louisville just didn't defend her, which is an interesting choice. Another interesting thing that happened in this game is in about the 30th or so minute, Kim Bjorkgren, the coach of Racing Louisville, subbed out midfielder Alex Chidiak, and everybody was kind of confused because she wasn't hurt, nothing happened, she looked confused too, and he said that they just wanted to try out something new, and at this time... They were already down 3-0, Racing Louisville was, and so it was just really confusing. Um, and you, I felt that maybe it embarrassed her for, like, no reason. She could just, he could have just waited till halftime to pull her. It was very, very strange. The next game was the Houston Dash versus the Washington Spirit. This game ended in a 2-2 draw. The Washington Spirit still have not won a game since their first game of the season in May, and they are sitting 11th in the table right now. And that's just, that's also been 
a sad thing to watch this season since they did win the championship last year. The two goals for Houston came from Sophie Schmidt in the 22nd minute and Michelle Alozzi in the 90 plus 1 minute, so in stoppage time of the game. The commentator called her Michelle Prince several times, and this just shows or just says that commentators need to make sure to be they need to be more careful and they need to make sure that they're getting the players names right um just because that's common courtesy is to know the players that you're talking about and then the washington spirit goals came from ashley hatch and she scored in the 53rd and 55th minute there were six minutes of stoppage time and a lot of people just felt like the spirit couldn't hold on when the board went up and that's been their problem this season is that they're conceding really really late goals like they were up at Orlando earlier in the season and um, conceded two goals in stoppage time and they're just they've had an issue with conceding late goals as of late the next game was Portland Thorns versus San Diego Wave, and this was a big game because although Portland still has a game in hand, San Diego was tied with them at the top of the table, and Portland was coming off of a loss at North Carolina, but it ultimately ended. The game ultimately ended up going to the Wave, and they won two nil. The goals came from Kristen McNabb in the 17th minute and Alex Morgan in the 42nd minute. The Portland Thorns, like I said, had a hard week and they lost two games back to back. And the only other game the Thorns had lost was on May 21st at the beginning of the season against the Houston Dash. And the next game was Gotham FC New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus Angel City. Angel City won 3-1, to one, but that was not the biggest story of the game. There was an obvious goal that was called for, a, called for a corner for Gotham in the 12th minute, and this completely changed the momentum of the game. Um, at the time, it was 0-0, so it would have given Gotham the 1-0 advantage. And Yes, I am a Angel City fan. They're my team, but it it was a goal. The goal should have been given. I think the most confusing thing for me was the fact that it was a corner kick. But after the game, Pro, which is the organization that the refs that the NWSL gets their refs from, came out with a statement that it was an error. It should have been a goal and the refs have been removed from their next pro assignments. The Angel City goals came from Savannah McCaskill in the 16th minute. She nutmegged McCall's Ramoni and then roofed it in the goal from a crazy angle. It's almost at the end line. It was crazy. And then Carrie Ricaro scored in the 25th minute off of a loose ball after Simone Charlie's shot was blocked and in the lead up to that play, Simone Charlie's footwork was crazy. 
I really wanted Simone Charlie to get a goal in this game because I felt like it was just coming and it just never came. And then Claire Emsley scored a banger in the 31st minute. I highly suggest that you go, you Google it, you search on Twitter, something. And then the only goal from Gotham FC came from Paige Monahan in the 52nd minute and there were players in the lead up to this play there were players calling for a handball but she just the ball was still bouncing around in the box so she just poked it in and scored the next game was the kansas city current versus north carolina courage the kansas city current won two three to two the current goals came from lola bonta off of a penalty in the fifth minute Brianna Pinto was called for a handball inside the box, but it didn't seem to be a handball. The ball looked to, the ball seemed to very much hit her chest. Cece Kaiser scored in the 56th minute, and then Kristen Hamilton scored the game winner in the 59th minute. The Courage goals came from Carolyn in the 28th and 48th minute, and the the Current are on a 12-game unbeaten streak. And the last game they lost was to O.L. Reign, more towards the beginning of the season. And then the last game that I'm going to talk about was actually a rescheduled game, and it was Gotham's rescheduled home opener versus North Carolina. This game was supposed to be played in May, but it was canceled due to COVID. Or not canceled, it was postponed due to COVID. And this was the only league game played during the international break because it's a FIFA window right now for different players to go to their national teams and play with them and North Carolina won this game 1-0 Fuka Nagano scored the lone goal in the game in the 81st minute the ball took a deflection off of Mandy Freeman, and it was really unfortunate because Gotham had been defending really, really well in the lead-up to this, and it was just unfortunate that it happened. And Gotham have now lost eight in a row and are last in the table and are almost certainly out of reach of the playoffs. So... Now I'm going to touch on what the table looks like at the moment, Um, and I'm also going to predict some end-of-the-year awards. The top seven spots are really, really close. Honestly, the top eight spots, there's only ten points separating number one and number eight. But as of right now, the teams sitting in playoff position are... San Diego Wave, they've played 18 games. Their goal differential is 11, and they have 31 points. And in case you didn't know, the points are you get three points for a win, one point for a tie, and then zero points for a loss. Houston Dash have also played 18 games. Their goal differential is 8, and... They have 29 points. Kansas City Current has played 17 games. Their goal differential is 1. 
and they have 29 points. Portland Thorns have played 17 games. Their goal differential is 17, and they are on 28 points. OL Reign have played 17 games. Their goal differential is 6, and they have 27 points. The Chicago Red Stars have played 17 games. Their goal differential is 4, and they have 26 points. Um, so those are all the teams in the playoff race. Two, only two of those teams, the San Diego Wave and the Houston Dash, have played all of the games. They've both played 18 games. So numbers 3 through 6 have a game in hand, and Angel City, who is sitting number 7 at 25 points, one point behind the Chicago Red Stars, has a game in hand on Chicago Red Stars and two games in hand on the Wave and the Dash. They've only played 16 games. And then after them, it's the Orlando Pride at 17 games played with a goal differential of negative 13 at 21 points. The North Carolina Courage at with 16 games played with a goal differential of 3 at 19 points. Racing Louisville has 17 games played. They have a negative 10 goal differential and they are on 14 points. Washington Spirit has played 17 games. They're on a negative 5 goal differential and they're on 13 points. And then New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC have played 17 games. They're on a negative 23 goal differential and 12 points. So I, my predictions for the playoffs are, I'm saying this out of pure hope because I'm an Angel City fan, but they have two games in hand on the top two teams, so I feel like they will make the playoffs because they only have to win one of those games in hand to make it into the playoffs. So I feel like they will be in the playoffs. My end of the season award predictions for the Golden Boot, honestly, I would love for Sophia Smith or um, Diana Ordonez or even Ebony Salmon to get it, but because she's sitting at 13 goals, it does look like it's going to be Alex Morgan to get the Golden Boot. I would not be surprised. The MVP, I have Mal Pugh because she's so integral to how Chicago plays and how Chicago runs their offense. I have Lola Bonta from Kansas City and for the same reason that I put Mal Pugh on the list. And then I have Alex Morgan because... I feel like she's going to be on there because of the sheer amount of goals that she has scored. For goalkeeper of the year, this is a hard one. The goalkeepers are so, so good in the NWSL, but I think it's probably going to be between Kaylin Sheridan or Fallon Tullis-Joyce. Kaylin Sheridan's a goalkeeper at the Wave, and Fallon Tullis-Joyce is a goalkeeper at the Rain. For defender of the year, I think it's going to be Naomi Gurma. I would love to say that Vanessa Gill also 
might have a shout for Defender of the Year, but she's been injured and hasn't played in a couple of months or so. So I don't know because of game time how much she would, how how big her case would be to take that from Naomi Gurma. And then Rookie of the Year, I feel like, especially if Naomi Gurma, who is also a rookie, I feel like that will definitely go to Diana Ordonius. And now moving on to trade and signing news. The first big news that I don't know if anybody expected was Rachel Daly is leaving the Houston Dash for Ashton Villa in the WSL. She played on the England team that just won the Euros, the women's Euros, and so it makes sense that she would want to go home. It's just she's been in Houston for so long that it surprised a lot of people. Allie Wyatt was traded to the Orlando Pride from O.L. Reign. The Pride sent $125,000 in allocation money to the Reign exchange for Ford Allie Wyatt. And then Haley Hansen was also acquired by the Orlando Pride, and she was acquired from Houston. They sent 75000 in allocation money and a 2023 second round draft pick in exchange for defender Haley Hansen from Houston Dash. And then Caprice Didasco was traded from Gotham to Houston. Houston sent 125000 in allocation plus an additional 30000 in allocation money. I think if Caprice Didasco makes a playoff appearance for the Dash, um, they sent that money to Gotham FC in exchange for Cap- defender Caprice Didasco. And then Victoria Pickett was traded from Kansas City to Gotham. Gotham sent 200000 in allocation money, a 2023 first round draft pick to Kansas City in exchange for Victoria Pickett. Valerie Gavon, Gavon, I apologize, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, was traded from North Carolina to the Houston Dash. The Houston Dash sent 25000 in allocation money and a conditional 2024 second round pick to North Carolina in exchange for French Ford Valerie Gavon. We're going to go with it. Um, and then Millie Faro was signed by the North Carolina Courage and she's also a Ford. The last team she played for was Crystal Palace in England in one of the lower leagues of England's football system or soccer system. And then Ricke Madsen signed with North Carolina Courage and she's a Danish forward and she came from Madrid CFF. And then Berninia was signed with Gotham FC and from Santos FC in the Brazilian first division. Um, for a transfer fee, and she's only 20, so that's really interesting. And then Havana Salon was recently bought out of her contract um, by the North Carolina Courage. 
so it's it'll be interesting to see what she does and then the other news um there were two coaches that were fired since I last talked or last recorded an episode the first one was Scott Parkinson and he was fired for performance reasons honestly or as of right now that's what it all seems all the players seem to really like him but Gotham just they weren't doing well and Hugh Menzies who has previously coached the Jamaican women's national team is an interim head coach right now and then Chris Ward was also fired and this one was weird from the beginning because the only announcement was one sentence on Twitter. I think it was 11 to 13 words. Like Chris Ward has been removed from his duties as his head coach or something like that. And so everybody was really confused because the club didn't issue a statement. They said that they weren't going to issue a statement. It was just very confusing, especially given that Washington Spirit went through were one of the teams that honestly in the center of the scandal last year after Richie Burke was fired and their whole ownership debacle and later that day when this announcement came out there was an article released that said an incident had occurred during training um, but nobody was sure what it was and then Chris Ward was interviewed by The Athletic And this was kind of weird to me because no players were interviewed and especially the after this um after this article came out the response of the players was like there's no need for that if he just wouldn't have been interviewed and i understand on one hand the the won't but then again i just think that you should have waited i don't know if that makes any sense but So the players were forced to make a statement, and this is what the statement said, and this is from Captain Andy, midfielder Andy Sullivan, and she said at the press conference, we would first like to start off with a statement on behalf of the players. Firstly, we are frustrated that this is necessary given our history. Secondly, we are angered by Chris Ward's answers in the peaks by The Athletic. We know the idiom that there are two sides to every story, but that is simply not the case in this scenario. We know his interview to be a completely inaccurate recollection of a serious situation, and furthermore, the apology offered to us last Friday demonstrates a misalignment in his words and actions towards this team. The players fully support the the decision of the club to relieve him of his duties as head coach, and we have every intention of cooperating in a proper course of action as it relates to circumstances like this one. We will no longer take any questions regarding his dismissal or make any further comments on it as the, at this time. We are focused on our current performances and the rest of our season and moving forward as a group. And that was, again, a quote from Andy Sullivan. And just like this whole situation was weird because Chris Ward seemed to be pretty well liked um, and Washington could have just, it could have been avoided and so in so many ways. So everybody was just really confused. And the NWSL championship just got confirmed to be 
on Saturday, October 29th at 7. It will be airing on the main CBS channel, and it will be at Aldi Field in D.C. So this got confirmed right before the players were essentially forced to make this statement. And, I mean, they, they're probably not even going to make the playoffs, and they should have at least been able to kind of celebrate the championship was going to be played at their home field, but they can't. And then Ellen White and Jill Scott, who are both England internationals, are both retiring from football. So that's the big internet or the biggest player international news as of late. So the WSL gets started this weekend and this is the first division of professional soccer or football in Europe and it is probably going to be a pretty big season especially considering all of the considering that England just won the Euros. Um, The way that their season works there are 12 teams in the league and you play each team home and away and the top three teams on the table qualify for the champions league with obviously the first place team winning the league or winning the community shield and then the last place team in the league gets relegated to the second division and the winner of the second division gets promoted. Um, but yeah, it's they the games are early in the morning, but I am looking forward to watching some Arsenal and Chelsea and Man City, Man United, just several different games that I'm really excited to see, and it should be fun to watch. So right now, both semifinal WNBA semifinal series are at 2-1 the Chicago Sky lead the series against the Connecticut Sun and then the Las Vegas Aces lead the series against the Seattle Storm the last game of the last game that Seattle and Las Vegas played was crazy it was back and forth especially towards the end those crazy last couple of seconds Asia Wilson hit a layup to tie the game with about 10 or so seconds to go I'm not really sure and then Sue Bird hit a three to to seemingly win the game everybody thought she had won the game there were 0.8 seconds on the clock and then Jackie Young made a buzzer beater layup and which sent the game into overtime and the Aces ended up winning. I personally want a Sky versus Aces final. However, that will probably mean that Sue Bird is retiring, so her last game could possibly be Tuesday or the day I'm recording this tomorrow. And then the last thing I want to talk about before I close out is the U.S. Open and Serena. Serena is 100% the GOAT. 
of tennis, um, the greatest athlete I feel like I've witnessed in my life. She retired from tennis after losing in the third round of the U.S. Open, but she fought till the very end. Even in the last game she was fighting, she saved several match points. She gave her all every single point. She ends her career with 23 single Grand Slam titles, an Olympic gold singles medal, and countless double titles with her sister Venus. And Coco Goff just made it to the quarterfinals. She just won in the round of 16 a couple of days ago. Um, I would really love for Coco to win. I feel like Coco has the ability to be one of the closest things to Serena because she's only 18. Um, she's really young. She has a lot of potential. But it will be, I grew up watching Serena, so it will definitely be different to not have her playing tennis anymore, honestly. To have her be retired from the sport, it will definitely be interesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of MG on the Mic. I hope I can go back onto a more consistent recording schedule since I'm more settled into school now. Um, But as always, recommend this podcast to anybody you know. Um, Let me know what you think. Hopefully, since I'm now back at school, I know I say this a lot of the time, but hopefully I can get one of my friends to be on the podcast with me. Um, I feel like that would be fun. Anyways, so like always, I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you want to come back and listen to the next one.